I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Hey there, friends. I am pumped to bring you today's guest. As someone whose educational background is in counseling, I encountered Pam Farrell and her husband, Bill, when I read their book, Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. I think we might have read that book as a part of my marriage and family focus in graduate school. So you can imagine my delight when Pam agreed to join us today to talk about helping our children discern their calling. Two phrases sum up Pam Farrell's approach to life, choosing joy and One ordinary woman connected to the extraordinary God can make a difference. These sayings captured Pam's heart because they sum up her experience. She says, I am the firstborn daughter of an alcoholic father with severe rage issues. I often thought our family would make the headlines, but for all the wrong reasons. When I was eight years old, however, a family friend saw the chaos we were living in and invited us to attend church with her. There, I saw what real love looked like. Having discovered peace and focus in her life, she is motivated to help women everywhere uncover their potential through a life of confidence and courage. Pam's writing career began shortly after she began attending church as a child. She wrote her first book, Under a Tree, on her family farm. And as an adult, she's published more than 40 books. I can't wait for you to meet her. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being with us today. It is such a pleasure to have you on the Million Praying Moms podcast. I would love it if you would introduce yourself to everybody. For those that might not know who you are, tell them a little bit about you, your family, your ministry, help them get to know you. Well, first and probably most importantly, I'm one of the one million praying moms. Like <laughs> that's so important. I want to make sure everybody knows yes. I'm a kindred heart, kindred spirit, mom of three sons. Now they are fully grown, wonderful leaders, married to beautiful godly daughter-in-laws and seven grandkids, including two new baby boys, one from each family, the youngest and the second So we are right now, we're leaning on one more boy in the family over the girls. So what that means is that family (laughs) vacations, we get outvoted and we have to watch, you know, movies that have cars and things that blow up rather than chick flicks. So I'm praying (laughs) for another little girl and even, (laughs) even out for the movies. No, I love boys. And we spend a lifetime raising boys. And so I was an athlete. My husband was an athlete. So our boys are all athletes. That's kind of what we do. Don't put us in the church choir. We will throw everybody off key. That's not part of our giftedness. God has been so gracious to me in that 
from the time I was in second grade, I've wanted to be a writer. And I'm working on book number 60 now. This week, I released Discovering Wisdom in Proverbs. It's a creative Bible study, number five in that series. And next week, release Growing a Joyful Heart. And I tell you, I got all the practice raising boys in, you know, <laughs> choosing joy, no matter what they bring in the house, frogs or mud yes. or whatever. <laughs> I love that. I feel like you and I really are kindred spirits, you know, with the two boys myself and, you know, really for so long focusing ministry on mothers of boys. I love that. I just love that so much. And well, I can't claim that I was an athlete. I guess maybe I was, I, the only thing I was ever good at was swimming. So I was on a swim team and that's what I did all the yeah. way through high school, but it wasn't one that was for my high school. My high school was small and we didn't have a swim team. And so I did it locally in the summer. And then for a while I swam, like we called it winter swim. So we did yeah. it a little bit further away. That was what I did. I never did anything for my high school. So if you Travel ask, team. yes, yes. So if you asked somebody that I went to school with, if I was an athlete, they would have said, no, she trips over her own feet most of the time, which is true, but that doesn't matter when you're in the pool. So it worked out well <laughs> for me. That's right. Hey, I'm a swimmer. I call myself a mermaid. Yes, so yes, yes. I was on the diving team okay. and the gymnastics team. So yeah, that was my main sports, awesome. a cheerleader too. So I just shifted from cheering for teams to cheering for my son's teams. And exactly. now two of them are coaches so cheering for their teams. I, I guess I'll be a cheerleader clear until I go to heaven. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that so much. Well, both of our boys are athletes too. And we've just thoroughly enjoyed being on the sidelines and watching them in this season of our lives. And yeah, it's just been a great ride. We've really enjoyed it. So all this month, we've been talking about our children's purpose. Like, what is it that they're here to do? And, and that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. In the big picture, what I've been trying to paint all through every episode so far this season is the message that the main purpose that God has for our children doesn't really have anything to do with what they do for a living or whether they like sports or not, right? It doesn't really have anything to do with what job they have or or even what person they marry. Those are all things that are important, but it's not their core purpose as a believer, as someone who is in Christ. Our core purpose is to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's really what we're here to do. And if we took an hour, if everybody listening today took just one hour and tried to write down all of the ways that the Bible tells us to live that out, I think we would quickly find that doing those two things would take up most of our time. Like there wouldn't be a whole lot of time left over <laughs> for everything else that we worry about. So but I really do think that when we focus our time on being faithful to that mission, the most important thing that Christ told us to do that God tends to make our paths straight. He just kind of does that as we focus on what he's already told us to do. But today, I want to get really practical about that. I want to have a conversation with you about learning to see the unique giftings that each child has from God so that we can help them step into those practical ways that God might call them as individuals to love God and to love their neighbors. So first of all, what I would love for you to just talk to us about is why do you think this is important? Why is it important for a parent to help shepherd their children into their callings? Well, you know, God made each one of us unique individuals and we're fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in our mother's womb. And so the Bible tells us, 
you know, that verse probably zillion moms have heard, and that is train the child in the way he should go. And when they're older, not depart from it. Well, that term way he should go means according to their God-given bent. So every person has a unique God-given bent. I like to say every child is a treasure. And our job is to try to see our kids through God's lens, through the heavenly perspective, and cooperate with how God wired them and help them become all that God designed them to be. Because then they can be a bright light for Jesus. One of my favorite verses from the time I was a little girl, and it still is today, is let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And that word shine, it's a picture of like lighting a fire on the top of a mountain. That was the first lighthouse. And so it is a huge you cannot miss it light, you know, like a Batman light or a super sale light. That's how God wants each of us to shine. And so he wants it for our kids too. And I think that it is not just when they get older. I think that God can use our kids, let your little light shine all through their growing up years. If we train them to tune into God, kind of like Samuel, here I am, Lord, and listen and tune in to God's calling on their life all along the path. Yeah, I love that. I've thought a lot about that verse. I don't know that I would say that it's been one of my like my favorites since I was a little girl, but I have spent a lot of time thinking about that verse, especially in terms of today's culture where we are really quick. Like you could probably scroll Instagram right now and find somebody that had a meme or a quote or something up that said, don't dim your light or let your light shine or your light is important. And they're saying it in a way that is all about the person. Right. But I think as Christians, our light comes from Christ. Amen. The reason we're supposed to shine is to point others to him, not to point them to us, but to point them to him. So I think that's really an important piece to start with is that as parents today, it's really easy to get wrapped up in, you know, what your kid does well and pour all of your energy into that and make their identity all about that and forget that whatever gift they have is supposed to bring others to Christ, is supposed to point people to Christ, not necessarily to them. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. That's exactly right. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then um, the Bible is called the light to our path. And so even how God led the Israelites was himself as a light at night, you know, fire so that We could see where to take that next step. And so really our job is to reflect. We're more like the Mm -hmm. moon, you know, reflecting the sun. So our job is to help our kids so tune in to Jesus, so walk tight with Jesus that their desire is to reflect God. Their desire is to let God shine through them in a way that the world is improved better. It draws people to Jesus in a eternal relationship. So it's a really a big picture. I have to tell you a story how it got started in my life. So Bill and I, we do not come from happy Christian homes. We come from crazy, chaotic, insane, right? And so two very dysfunctional people were 100% 
all out living for Jesus. We met through Campus Crusade for Christ as college students. So when God brought us together to get married, and then we started a family, Bill was a youth pastor, and I was like, working side by side with him in youth ministry. And one day I'm holding brand new baby Brock and he's a newborn. I'm nursing him and I'm like, Lord, it seems like some kids seem to soar and succeed at 18 and some seem to stumble and fall. Like what's the difference? And I started praying through and pondering in our youth group, we had eight high schools and seven valedictorians. Oh, wow. Um, and that all love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, what did those families have? And what I saw was those families had a desire to put Jesus first. It wasn't a kid first family. It was a Jesus first family. Mm-hmm. And the kids caught it, you know, growing up. And so I'm holding Brock and I'm praying, Lord, what are those traits, those leadership qualities, those practical skills this young boy needs and our future kids need in their lives by the time they're 18. And so I started like writing down the leadership traits and the skills that needed to be passed on. And the list was like a hundred things long and I was a little bit overwhelmed. Now the list is in 10 best decisions a parent can make book. It's a very helpful tool now, but at the time I'm like, oh my goodness, We are so like inadequate, God help. (laughs) And Bill came home. I'm like, look at this list, all these things we're supposed to get in this young kid's life by the time he's 18. And Bill said, huh, well, I think we could kind of categorize it, maybe break it down, bundle it up. It looks like we want our kids to be learners so they can learn whatever life demands them. We want them to be leaders in their sphere of influence, leading in the style that God created. They don't have to lead like you and I. God will make each one a unique leader in their own way. And then we want them more than anything else, love God. Because if they have a tight connection with Jesus, then God can just pour into that young person, that child, that young adult, all that they need for life and make them that bright light that we were talking about before. And so I said, okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So how do we make it fun? Because kids respond to fun. And so we decided we were going to have a learner and leader who love God day once a year. And ours is right before school starts. And on that day, we choose a fun, feral activity. So going to the beach or maybe an amusement park or going to a lake and we do something fun and like a party. And then, you know, cause kids love Christmas and birthday parties. So we want to wrap it in fun. And then halfway through the day, we have a learner leader contract that we negotiate, which each child. And I use the word negotiate loosely because it's parent and Holy Spirit driven. And so we negotiate things like responsibilities and privileges. Almost anything can become a privilege if you word it the right way. You know, I think that our job as moms and dads is to not be our kids made. You know, we need to roll the ball into their court as early as possible. So those are some of the things that are on, you know, what kids can do at different ages and stages is also, you know, in 10 best decisions of parent can make. So we negotiate that. And then we choose a verse that we pray over that child all year. And that verse is related to the one leadership quality that we want to focus on 
in that child. And we pray and God show us what's the next step with that child. And so it's different for each child. It's not the same one for all three kids. And then we choose a verse. And when they start reading, we teach them how to go to like Bible Hub or the internet to put in a keyword and find their own verse. Like, so they really own it, right? And then we have them draw it, put it up on their door. We put it on their lunchbox, their backpack. They just see it everywhere they go. And then we give them a gift. That's what makes it like a party. We give them a gift. It's a learner leader gift. And that gift is three things. It's personal. Like I thought of you, child, this is something that's going to help you develop and become all that God designed you to be. This is your next step gift. Not cookie cutter. Everybody doesn't get the same. And then it is prophetic. It speaks to the promise or potential of that child. So that's where you start asking God, help me see my child through your lens, God. And then most importantly, probably it's practical, something we would buy anyway, so it doesn't break the family bank. You know, maybe it's a backpack, maybe it's a, like a gym bag with a verse on it, like run in such a way that you might win or art supplies or maybe a year's worth of dance lessons, you know? So it's personally something that would fit in our family budget. So learners and leaders who love God. And we started that one praying about it when he was a baby, Brock was a baby, but we implemented it year four when they are four years old and they can respond and start having conversations, you know, meaningful conversations. Yeah. I love that so much. That is such a great tip. It reminds me a lot of the way that I got started praying scripture for my kids. Well, I started out making a list of things that I wanted to change about them, like character traits or areas of sin or things that I could see that I, I wanted God you know, to put his hand on. So it kind of started out negative, which I think, you know, (laughs) when you first start coming to God in prayer, sometimes it is driven by a negative experience or just needing him, right? Like, I just need you to show up, Lord, in in this situation. So concerned, worried. Right. So I'm okay with the fact that it was kind of negative in the beginning. I think it's just generally okay for that. But I tried to take that negative thing that I wanted God to change. And I tried to find the biblical positive opposite of it. So if I had a child that was, for example, struggling with anger, then I might pray for, I mean, there's any number of biblical opposites there, but I might pray for joy instead. And then I would go to the concordance with this list of biblical opposites. And I would try to find the right verses, not out of context, but in context verses that I could pray for that child. And I would weave them together into this prayer for both of our boys. And they were different for each one. So it's not exactly the same. It didn't have the fun, you know, big party kind of aspect, but it it reminds me a lot of that, of really being. But we are kindred. We are so kindred because, okay. So one of the first prayers I prayed for Brock when he was two, I kept a prayer diary and I did exactly what you're talking about. And um, so sometimes it was like concern driven. Sometimes it was potential driven and purpose-driven. But I noticed that Brock, he was like a whiny baby. Like he was like, (laughs) my brother said it once, I'll never have a kid that whines as much as Brock. Oh, God worked that one out (laughs) when he had kids. But now all of his are leaders too. So God hears us when we cry out in prayer. But one of the first things I did is look up all the verses about courage because Brock's name means brave or courageous. 
and it's from a badger. Badgers are courageous. They fight for their families uh, to protect their families. And I'm like, ooh, that, I love that, courageous. So then I start praying all the courage, brave versus over Brock. And so just to give you a glimpse, we would have Learner Leader Day year after year, and Brock might be given a gym bag with Excel still more is the verse for the year, or he might be given like sports equipment or maybe a poster of a Christian athlete that had been signed to him. Those are some of the gifts he got year after year, because what we saw early on is he was very talented in sports. And so from four on, and he was kind of the scholar athlete. And so the gifts always connected to his brain or like building his body. And so year after year, we gave him those gifts. Well, he went from a private Christian school graduating class of about six uh, to a public high school of like 5,000. Uh-huh. Uh, so huge change for him. He wanted to go to the public high school because he wanted to play sports at the highest possible right. level right. as right. his platform. Because we truly believe that if you help a child, we saw this in youth ministry. If you help a child by the time they're 12, 13, find something they're excellent at. It's like a platform that they can stand on and be that bright light for God. And so sports was Brock's. And so he went out for sports and he was named captain of the freshman football team, captain of the JV basketball team and captain of the JV volleyball team. And he came to us and he said, mom, my friends, they like have these big dreams, but they like have a hard time making good decisions. They're like doing things that will blow their life up. I think they need Jesus. So what if we had a pizza party for each one of the teams? We lived in San Diego. There were a lot of pro athletes. And so what if we invite a pro athlete to come and share their testimony and I'll share my story of faith and give my friends an opportunity, you know, to come to know Jesus. We'll play some games and we'll feed them pizza. And so Brock did that. And by the end of Brock's freshman year, over 34 of his friends had come to know Jesus in a personal way. Wow. And he's like, mom, dad, like your van only holds seven. So I can't haul 34 people to youth group. We need something on campus. And um, so I connected him to a football player who helped found Fellowship for Christian Athletes. And so Brock and some of his praying moms, the, the boys, that were moms uh, of prayer, they started FCA. So it was like a group of six to 10 boys who then reached out and asked their friends who were girls who were athletes to join them and start Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And that club grew to be about 200 strong by the time Brock was a senior. And one of the things we prayed is that by the time Brock graduated, that the name of Jesus would be mentioned in the graduation ceremony at a public high school. And that was like a miracle prayer, Lord. How are you going to do this? We don't know. And it was actually Brock's bio. He was named, it was night of the year. It's a, the faculty votes on it. It's a leadership gift. And they read Brock's entire bio and it had the word Jesus and God in it numerous times. And then he got to share, you know, his favorite verse. And so God made himself like show up and show off at that graduation. And Brock ended up getting numerous awards, including in junior college, he was called by Liberty University and they wanted him to come. They wanted to give him a full ride scholarship to go to Liberty to be their quarterback. So God continued growing that boy up in his leadership skills at a wonderful Christian university. 
That's awesome. So many overlaps. So as you know, I went to Liberty, not for my undergraduate degree. I went to Virginia Tech for my undergraduate degree and then went to Liberty for my master's. And so that school is dear to my heart. I had just exponential spiritual growth while I was at Liberty. And also I'm on the board of directors for our local FCA and my kids are involved in in FCA as well. So (laughs) yay, (laughs) we love FCA too, very, very dearly. But that is just an amazing story of, of how you guys just kind of watched. And it's a process that I have referred to. And I know I'm probably not the only one that has referred to it this way, but I talk about it, you know, being a student of my children, like I'm watching to see who they are and what they like and what they're good at. Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose. It's written by my friend Brittany Ann of Equipping Godly Women, who has written several books and Bible studies that help believers know and more clearly understand biblical guidelines for everyday life. Inside this prayer guide, Brittany helps us tackle the question, what do you want to be when you grow up, from a slightly more biblical perspective. The way our children answer this common question varies wildly from day to day. From teacher to firefighter to astronaut to juggler to moonwalker, we just never know what they're going to say. For young children, this question is full of promise and excitement. They can be anything they want. The sky is the limit, and it's really fun to let them dream. But as our children get older, this question takes on new meaning. The excitement of endless possibilities gradually gives way to the pressure of choosing just the right college the right career, the right job, the right location, and even the right relationship for a lifetime. What do you want to be when you grow up becomes stressful, almost agonizing as young adults wrestle with major decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. But what if finding out their purpose didn't have to be so stressful? What if our children could know with confidence exactly what God wants them to do? In praying God's word for your child to find their purpose, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts to draw near to God in sincere faith, to be guided by the Holy Spirit, to learn how to love sacrificially and with intention, to learn to walk in God's strength instead of their own. You'll pray for them to find rest in God alone and understand God's bigger plan. You'll pray for them to submit their plans to God's plans and so much more. With biblical teaching, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is just perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. So what are some things a lot of people may be listening that have athletes for for kids? There may be some that are not, and that's perfectly fine too. So what do we look for? What gives us clues as to what our children's calling or platform, like you said, might end up being? You know, I I think that one of the key things a mom can do is keep growing yourself. So if you're in the word... The Holy Spirit is going to talk to you and he tells us he'll be our counselor. So that's like Mm -hmm. step one. Moms keep growing. Moms keep praying. Step two, exactly what you're saying. Be a student of your child. And like it shows up early. Things that your kids are great at shows up early. For example, yes, Brock, we figured out he was pretty good at sports. Zach, our middle child, ADD, ADHD, strong-willed, like hits and challenges, you know. But courage was like, it's his banner. He is like, 
strong, adventurous, courageous. For example, Brock used to come in, Brock was probably maybe four at this time. And Zach was like a baby still in diapers. And Brock would run and say, mom, Zach's doing it again. And what that meant was Zach was trying to escape the yard. He is like hanging by his <laughs> diaper on the fence, or he had climbed up a tree to jump to the neighbor's swing set. Mm. I mean, he was adventurous. So I put mm-hmm. that kid in gymnastics early on. <laughs> like, he was in sports all year, Zach was, but in gymnastics, because I didn't want him to like, break his neck, you know, doing one of these. I get that. Okay. So let me just tell you, my youngest is very much like that. He taught himself to do a standing backflip in my living room while watching a YouTube video. Like that's just, yes. Like he very much is that kid. He was the young child that was doing gainers off the diving board or a double front flip or whatever. And I remember thinking, I got to get him into something so he doesn't die doing like he has no fear. No fear at all. And I got to get him some instruction or he's going to break his neck, you know? <laughs> so I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my youngest, okay, so he's like so sweet. He's just the kindest, easygoing baby, even. But from the earliest time, he would line up like pine cones tall to small, books, tall to small, cars, big to little. He would coordinate his toys by color. It's like, oh my goodness, he's like totally organized. He's now an Mm -hmm. engineer. And so God gives you these little inklings early on if you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. So like one of the things with Caleb is we wanted him to have the ability to experiment. And so all along the path, we gave him tools in the garage and he was able to be a part of robotics and, you know, math club and chess club. And he's actually excellent athlete as well. I think it's just because Bill and I are wired that way. It's part of the DNA. But he was hurt one year he got hit illegally in a football game and when he was in seventh grade. And he had to be rushed to children's hospital, ICU, blood transfusions. It was like I was praying for his life. And so he couldn't be in sports all year that year. And what that developed, though, was that's when he went all into engineering, robotics, the math club, like he developed his brain more. And he also like wanted a bunch of art supplies and he did all kinds of drawings. He found out that he was an artist underneath it. And then he was super shy. So one of the things we developed all along the way was putting him in like school drama, speech classes, things like that. So now he's the engineer that has great people skills. So he's climbing the ladder pretty fast (laughs) at GE. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. All right. So are there tools for the mom that might be thinking about this for the first time, right? Like I'm just starting to become aware that this is something I need to be watching for or want to invest this way in being a student of my children. What tools are out there to help us figure out maybe beyond just watching them? What are some tools that we can use to help us as moms know what God's called our children to do? And at what age would you recommend using them? Yeah. So some of the freebies that I'll send to you for your audience is the learner and leader contract. Also, we'll send you what kids can do at different ages and stages, because we're not going to know whether they're good at something if we never let them do it. Exactly. I was so surprised. This is for my youngest. I was at a senior parent breakfast and all the moms are in the kitchen. 
And one of the moms was talking to the other about how panicked she was because her daughter didn't know how to do laundry. And then another one was like, I know I don't know how to cook. And I'm like, what? My kids have known how to cook since they're like seven. They've done their own laundry since eight. <laughs> a lot of times people say, how did you write so many books, ma'am? Because mm-hmm. my kids were a part of the team. You know, <laughs> we all work together. Yes. Yeah. So seeing what they're good at, you know, in giving them opportunity to excel in this, the daily things. And then I mentioned stay in prayer because sometimes it's a desperate moment that a tool develops. And so Zach was that ADD, ADHD. He was like really growing, doing well with the learner leader thing till he's about eight. They start spiraling down like bad attitudes, bad grades, just like negative. And he like, didn't want to do his homework. He, it was like every day was a battle. He was negative about himself and about life and everything. He wasn't very verbal at that time. And so he started beating up his brothers again. When he's upset, he uses his fists. I'm like, we got to stop that. That's not the way to communicate. Mm-hmm. So I said, Zach, you need to go upstairs. I need to talk to you about this. And he ran upstairs. He knocked all the pictures off the wall. He slammed the door, put a baseball through the door hole in the door as I walk in. And I say, Zach, honey you have got to learn to use your words. Cause I'm thinking in my mind, no woman's ever going to marry you. You're going to live with me forever. Please use your words. And he put his hands on his hips. He's like, you want words? Well, I hate myself and I hate my life. And if God made me, I hate him too. And I said, uh, just a minute. And I ran downstairs. I threw myself across the bed. I was crying out desperate mommy prayers. Lord Jesus, I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a director of women's ministry. I write all these Christian books, but I'm raising this little wild man of an atheist upstairs. I could use some help here, God. I know that there's a treasure inside of that child. (laughs) Your word makes it so clear that our kids are a treasure. Even, you know, when Jeremiah said before I was born, I was appointed a prophet to the nation. Lord, I know there's a treasure in this child. Help me help Zach see that treasure. And when I said the word treasure, I'm like, oh, yeah, that might work. So I drew up this treasure map and it was like on this poster board. I taped some quarters to it for the treasure and I ran upstairs. I'm like, Zach, you're a treasure to the world. I said by faith. And I said, we're going to go on this treasure hunt. You, me, and daddy are going to go on this treasure hunt. And once a week, I'm going to take you out to donuts. And we're going to talk about what God has shown you about yourself, the treasure in yourself. But to do that every day, I'm going to ask you two questions. What's one thing you did well? What's one thing positive about your day? We're going to write it on the treasure map. And then we're going to see what repeats itself on this treasure map. Well, we did that week after week after week uh, for about eight weeks. And I had a carrot there, you know, uh, if you do this with me, then I'll buy you some resources to live out whatever treasure God points out. Well, we did that and we found out he was great at sports. We knew that. We found out that he loved music, though. We had no idea that music was kind of a calming balm to the little ADD soul. And he loved people. We mm-hmm. didn't know he loved people because he was always yes. beating people up. It's like, no, no. Uh, he loved people. Mm-hmm. And so we gave him people skills. We started really working on his people skills. And, you know, fast forward, we put him in gymnastics class. We bought some tickets to a Christian concert that he took some friends to. He ended up being on all the sports teams and being leadership on the sports teams. But Okay, so he's playing football with his brother, and he made a touchdown, and he threw a backflip. 
because I've been putting him in gymnastics, right? So he threw a backflip. The cheer coach walked out and said, I want that boy mm-hmm. on my team. And so she recruited him to a traveling <laughs> cheer team that ended up getting him a, a scholarship to a D1 school to be captain of that cheer team. And that school ended up hiring him as a strength performance coach. And now this boy, you got to hear the full story. This boy who used to be the one who would like lean over the Grand Canyon to see how far you could go and not sin. I mean, that kid, you know, push the into the envelope. <laughs> that kid now is uh, working in sports mm-hmm. performance at Grand Canyon Christian University. He's like come full circle. He's full on for Jesus. <laughs> and I should have Oh, what a A simple treasure map God can give. So I'll give you that link too uh, for your audience. But a simple treasure map, that was a desperate mom's prayer. So any desperate moms who prays, God's going to show you something creative like that for your kid. And it, it, it may be something totally different. And then when they get to high school, we have all of our kids take just a overall, it's a what you're best at, what kind of atmosphere do you want to work in? What kind of life do you want to live? That kind of test. Mm -hmm. And it was through Crown Financial Concepts that we found that quiz. And so there's tools out there that will help you as they get older to fine tune it. I love that. So I have to tell you, I have a, I would say that it is a general good fit. If you have a kid who has ADHD, ADD, um, those kind of things, music can be a wonderful thing. Both of my boys play music. They're musicians. They play the fiddle. And so that has been just a huge part of our experience as well is I remember when one of our children, he would get so angry or we would have an issue in the family or something that involved him. He would do two things. One, if he wanted to soothe himself, he would go to the room and get his fiddle and he would play for himself. But if he wanted to soothe me, sometimes he would sneak up behind me with his fiddle and start playing one of my favorite songs because he knew that it would help me to calm down as well. And so that was just a sweet little thing that we found in our family that really helped. It doesn't have to be them playing an instrument. It can be. It doesn't have to be. It could just be finding the right kind of music that soothes them. Or like you said, giving them you know tickets to a concert or finding some way that they can integrate. It could be singing in the choir at church. It could be singing in the youth group or whatever. It, there's different ways. But if they're musical, that can be such a great balm for those children that have various struggles that way. It just, it can be a really great thing. The other thing that I wanted to say is that when our youngest son pitched his very first First baseball game, they won the game and he did a backflip off the mound. So there was nobody there. Yay, yes, it. he did. There's, <laughs> I did not know he was going to do it. If I had known, I might've tried to stop him because I, I thought, you know, when he did it, I was like, oh my goodness, that was a little bit showy, you know, like that was a little like kind of in your face to the other team and baseball is a gentleman's sport. Right. But yeah. So he, he has not had a cheer team that person find awesome. him yet. And he definitely That's is that same kid. I, I love that. You know that let your light shine thing. So at high school graduation, he picked up his diploma, did a backflip. So then everybody comes to him and he talks to him. He talks about Jesus, you know, and college graduation, he led we were at University of Louisville. He was the head cheerleader. So they're used to him leading. He stood up on a chair and started leading a cheer for, you know, 50,000 people are following him doing, you know, the cards cheer and did backflip at his like smaller graduation there. And then at his wedding, he was so excited it went there. So it's kind of like he, he challenged me one day. I, I, I taught him how to do a backflip on the trampoline. And he's like, 
mom, you can do a backflip. That's like so cool. Most moms can't do backflips. I said, so I'm only cool as long as I can do a backflip. He's like, yeah. So every year we now have a competition. Have you done your backflip? I've done my backflip. <laughs> we can just stay cool to each other, right? So it's like a fun family. Yes, that's so awesome. You make it a positive. Mm -hmm. That's a fun family thing. Yeah. And um, I I just want to encourage that your kids, they'll be ups and downs. So when Zach went to college, he had this, like, he was drifting from God thing. And I did what you talked about earlier, Brooke. I gathered some of my friends and Bill and I daily prayed not prayers of what we saw him doing now, but prayers about the person we believed God wanted Zach to become. And over the course of that year, praying those prayers of faith with Jesus's eyes on my child, he made a 180. And he then started going to FCA, started leading an FCA, started found his own church, and he met his bride there. And, you know, it's just really beautiful when God meets you there and he finishes the parenting job or he walks alongside you as you're parenting your child, helping them find their purpose. You know, Brock, he was gone on now. He's a a football coach in Arizona and he was named Arizona Coach of the Year. And, you know, he didn't get any money out of that. The school got the gift, which that made Brock thrilled that he could do something to help his kids like that. But the thing that got him that accomplishment was that he held leadership classes. They're just Bible studies at lunch hour that are optional and the kids can come. And both Brock and Zach have seen in our culture when more than 60% don't have a father in the home, sometimes a person like a youth pastor or a coach is the closest thing to a dad. And so, you know, for me, yay, they get these awards. Yay. You know, Zach was chosen to go to the Super Bowl and get an award. That's wonderful. That's great. That's God. We had a family motto, those who honor God, God honors at a first Samuel. And that's wonderful. But what is really wonderful is when you see God use your child to help another person come to Christ and that life change and that family change and that society or that school change. So that's really what it's all about. It's it's about the bigger picture. It's about God's picture. It's about God's puzzle. And what is my child's puzzle piece in the grand puzzle of God? Yeah. I love that. I think that's just a perfect way to wrap up our time together today. Where does my child fit? What is his puzzle piece, her puzzle piece that makes them fit in the bigger plan that God has for their generation? I love that so much. Pam, thank you so much for being with us. I just feel all lit up, but not just because we have so much in common, but also (laughs) because I feel like you've shared so much, so many great practical resources that our parents can just latch onto and dive right in as they're trying to figure out what God's called their child to be and how God's called that child to contribute to the kingdom. So on that note, tell everybody where they can find what you're doing for the kingdom and how they can get involved in it. Sure. So our ministry is love wise. And we like to say we park ourselves on the corner of God's love and God's wisdom. Our verse is Proverbs 19, 8, the one who gets wisdom loves life. So if you go to love hyphen wise, 
Com. There's all kinds of freebies there, blogs, a lot of our parenting blogs, like the things that we've been talking about. That's where you can get the resources like Tempest Decisions a Parent Can Make or the new Bible Study on Wisdom. Or we even have a book, Questions Kids Ask About SEX and Answers to Have Ready. So we try to cover lots of bases that will help a family grow strong in God and live love ways. Awesome. Well, you guys run right out and grab all those resources. Pam, thank you again for being with us. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. I hope you enjoyed Pam as much as I did and feel better equipped to help your child discern their calling from God. If you haven't already, pick up your copy of our prayer guide to accompany this season, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose. You can find it along with the link to the resources we've discussed on today's show in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com and make plans to join me next week as we talk about teaching our children to know God's voice. I can't wait to share it with you. Till then, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Give them the grace to grow out of this. Those words are written on a sticky note that stays permanently attached to my computer monitor. It was meant to be a reminder about giving my children grace as they mature and grow, but it applies to every single relationship I've ever had. Family, ministry, school, community, you name it. We are all growing and God is at work in our lives every moment of every day. The problem is that sometimes people don't grow as fast as we'd like them to, and God doesn't always act when we think he should. There's this old joke that says, don't ask God for patience. He'll answer by testing yours. (laughs) And I think there might be some truth to that. I don't know that God is sitting around in heaven just waiting to test our resolve, but parenting and the Christian life itself is fundamentally built on trusting something we can't always see a master plan that reveals itself little by little and often takes turns we couldn't predict. If you have ever lacked patience as a parent, allow me to introduce you to my new free five-day devotional called Grace to Grow, Parenting with Patience and Prayer. Join me as we unpack what it really means to give our children and ourselves grace to grow. Inside of this free five-day devotional, you'll tackle subjects like sibling rivalry, when it feels like God is holding out on you or on your children, learning to forgive, even inside the same house, living in the not knowing and letting go of having to have it all together. Join me for Grace to Grow, Parenting with Patience and Prayer, yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable because God loves you so much you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.